the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 uh, FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. This portion of The John DePietro Show at 106 on this Wednesday, it is February 2nd. It is interesting. Today is 2-2-22. Is brought to you by The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Folks, stop in and see them at The Lodge. Uh, they have the beautiful outside deck. Now, granted, it's cold out, but this snow is going to start to melt. There's melting going on today. More snow was going to melt tomorrow and then Friday. And then, you know, it's lighter out and spring is almost in the air. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road, Lincoln. In the meantime, you can enjoy a nice time, full bar, large dining area. Enjoy unique rustic setting at the Lodge. So right now it's 107. I want to bring you up to speed on some of the news of the day. It is interesting to watch the... Um, CNN is in complete meltdown now as the head of CNN, Jeff Zucker, has now resigned. Uh, this uh, this bombshell of Brian Flores going after the NFL. We're going to talk about that tomorrow with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. But again, I want to address, I, 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 I like what happened yesterday because a number of people went up to testify. And we had leader Philippian uh, yesterday on the show. Talking about the fact that that there's no reason for Governor McKee to still have these emergency powers. And so yesterday, the General Assembly voted to continue to allow him to have these emergency powers. But make no mistake about it. If you're a parent and you're upset about the fact that your child still has to wear a mask in school... Um, the person that's doing that is Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. They don't have to. He could step out and say, you know, no, we're, we're not going to have masks in, in school anymore. Um, you know, the McKee administration, the, the acting Department of Health and Human Services director has stepped down from the position. It is just a, a, a Cecilia Blue, acting director of the Rhode Island Department of Human Services, She's joining a nonprofit. The The exits in the McKee administration are just continuing. But I know a number of people uh, went to the state house yesterday and they thought they were going to get a fair hearing. But they're, they're learning that they didn't get a fair hearing. So this business that the General Assembly allows Governor McKee to keep these. Uh, emergency powers there's no reason for it to happen they're not doing their jobs they're stepping back so the house republicans did put forth two resolutions that would void the executive order about the emergency but the governor you know they just won't do it but i just i want you to be very clear there's two things at play number one governor mckee continues to have children in masks, and on top of that, he insists on still having his executive power. So you have that, number one. Number two, you have a General Assembly who's up for re-election at the Rhode Island State House this year. Your state rep, your state senator, 
A lot of races will be decided in the primary in September. The general election is November. But they're more than content to allow Governor McKee to continue with this unchecked power. But it, it, it's not your imagination. He shouldn't have it. But that's who you want to blame. So I, I think that the opportunity is there for Governor McKee to, um, to be beat, I think, in a primary. Um, and, and now it's just it's a matter of, um, of who's going to be the person to do it. Now, I'm also seeing some other news. GOP candidate for governor Jeff Deal has hired former Trump advisor Corey Lewandowski. So Jeff Deal, the honorary stated chair of his campaign, has brought in Lewandowski with Massachusetts ties. So Corey was the original Trump guy. Now, he certainly has run into some problems. Um, in a statement, Deal uh, called Lewandowski a key advisor to have in running this campaign. Campaign. I'm pleased to have Corey on the team. Uh, he believes in it. Uh, Lewandowski, Lowell native, controversial track record, blah, blah, blah. But he... Um, in the very beginning, after he was pushed out, because then they brought in Paul Manafort, Corey Lewandowski was fighting a lot with the Republican Party. And then he had some problems with a super PAC with some things happening at a Las Vegas fundraiser. So um, various people have cut ties with them. Jeff Deal thinks it's it's a good move for him. Um, the only, you know, again, I, I like Jeff Deal. Um, we're going to have him on a lot. In his campaign to run for governor, I, I think though, again, he, Jeff is a smart guy. He's going to make decisions that are going to help him with the campaign. I, I think though that, um, well, m- maybe he feels he's already all in with with the president, and having, I'm just, I, I'm not sure how much Corey Lewandowski brings to the campaign, but he. Um, he feels good about it. Uh, Deal campaign also announced former state committee woman Amanda Orlando as campaign manager. Former NFL player Fred Smurlis as fundraising co-chairs. And former Boston television producer Peggy Rose as a spokesman. Fred, of, Fred Smurlis, of course, is involved with the steakhouses. And then he's the former football player. Used to be on um, EI quite a bit. I don't, I don't know if he's still doing that. Um, I, I think that's um, I think that's an interesting uh, choice. I again, I it's it's tough to tell what they're looking to get out of that. Maybe he feels that Corey Lewandowski. I gotta think it has to do with he he maybe can help him raise a lot of money because he if anyone would have the Rolodex of Trump supporters to get money, it would I would think it would be a a Corey Lewandowski. So now. Um, Closer to home, you know, the governor expanding the use of the National Guard to support the hospital with staffing. I, I've heard, folks, right now, 113, I, I've heard from a number of people that say that the National Guard, they, they can't believe that it was described to me that they had them like babysitting patients at Butler Hospital. So as much as Governor McKee is always saying, like, how great it is that he has use of the National Guard. I think you could certainly make the the argument that um, kind of a little bit of abuse of power 
of taking advantage of of using it. And the National Guard is not the is not the solution, right? The McKee people need to rebuild the um, healthcare system that basically collapsed under himself and and Dr. Scott. Now, you know, the media is really running with this story that Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott is now not running for Congress. But I, um, you know, all she said was the people were contacting her and she, you know, was like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking of it. But it's not like she has run before. Um, it's, it's not as if she opened up a campaign account. It wasn't like she was doing an exploratory committee. Um, she's now taking a month of paid time off and in March begins three months consulting the state, making 46,000 a month. So the, um, the Democrat field right now in the second district, it's still Seth Magaziner as the front runner. And then we'll see who comes into the, um, into the mix. You have Bob Lancia and Jessica De La Cruz on the Republican side. But my, my, my point is, I, I never, you know, they, I, I don't understand all this reporting of people who are not, not running. And, and there's a difference of people who announce that they're going to run and then they don't get the proper signatures in or, you know, ver- various, um, um, Things happen that then they they back out of the race, but it's not like she had an announcement. Um, I'm not sure exactly um, th- this whole business of that Dr. Cole Alexander Scott is not seeking office. Like I said, it's not like she had the announcement. It's not like she's run before. Kind of caught everybody off guard. I didn't. Um, I didn't know anyone that, as I've said, I, I thought I would have liked to have seen her hit the campaign trail and then have to answer to parents and business owners for some of the decisions she made with the Department of Health. All right, we're going to get to sound that we have in just a moment. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by the Coesed Inn. Stop in and see them. There's a great meal waiting for you at the Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Fork. So big news of the day. Is what you're seeing right now is CNN has basically completely collapsed, completely collapsed. It's been collapsing. And now all of a sudden you have the situation regarding Jeff Zucker, the head of it, of um, of him now resigning. But let's get to some some real news. Ask, why is the U.S. deploying military forces to Europe? Now, this is the Pentagon spokesman. Folks, this is the type of news worth watching. Why are we sending why is President Biden sending military forces to that part of the world? Let's hear the answer. Situation demands we reinforce. So what specifically demands the reinforcement that you are laying out today? And the reason I ask this, mm-hmm. this is bilateral, as you said. Originally, uh, you spoke at length. Uh, several days ago about the NATO response force. They have not activated that. You are moving ahead bilaterally, not under a NATO umbrella uh, anyhow. So what signal does that send that you're not waiting for a NATO vote? 
And what is the current situation that demands this reinforcement outside of Russia, outside of Ukraine? I don't think I heard a specific answer. I think the signal that sends that we're that we're moving additional U.S. forces into allied territory at the request and with the invitation of those countries is that we take our NATO commitments very, very seriously. Uh, and I put that right in the opening statement. Um, and as for, I think your question is, sort of why now? Uh, why are you doing, I don't hear, I don't understand. I don't, I, I'd like an explanation why you're doing this now without the vote at NATO, which does not appear readily apparent for them to activate the response force. What has led you to say, okay, the United States will act on a bilateral basis. You have the invitations. You could have waited for a NATO vote. You decided not to. So what is the... Well, it's, not, it's not just us, Barb. Other nations, and I mentioned Denmark, the UK, France. I mean, other nations, uh, other NATO nations are likewise um, discussing in bilateral ways with eastern flank nations the addition of forces and capabilities uh, to those nations. So it's not just the United States, it's other NATO allies that are doing this. And you, you talk about this vote thing, let's be clear, what I think you're getting at is the NATO response force. That's a 40,000 person strong force that is designed for high readiness um, and uh, that is a decision that the alliance and the only the alliance can make. We have a contribution to that. We have gotten those forces alerted to be ready to go if needed, and they still will be. We also can, if the president decides as commander-in-chief to take some of those alert and, uh, alerted forces and move them in a bilateral arrangement uh, as well, he, he can do that. Um, as I said at the top, it's not like the alliance has a veto authority on any of those troops that were put on prepare to deploy. But uh, in terms of why now, here's just a couple of factors. He, Mr. Putin continues to add forces. Uh, combined arms, offensive capabilities, even over just the last 24 hours. He continues to add in Western Russia and in Belarus and again, as I said, in the Mediterranean and, and the North Atlantic. He has shown no signs of being interested or willing to de-escalate the tensions. And it's not just the United States that's noticed this. Our NATO allies have noticed this. And we have been in constant communication and consultation with them. Uh, and they have expressed their concerns. Uh, we have shared our perspectives on what we're seeing with them. They have shared their perspectives on what they're seeing with us. And as a result of these bilateral discussions, we are now prepared to make these moves. I say again two things. These are temporary moves, not permanent deployments, not you know permanent basing. And two, we're not ruling out the possibility that there will be more coming up in future days. You know, none of this is good. <laughs> none, none of it is good. None of it is good. All right, I want to go to Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Oh, excuse me. Eli Manning talks about Tom Brady retirement on the Today Show and this NFL lawsuit. I want to hear. This is Eli Manning on the Today Show. Eli, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Now, before we get to your, your, your news, uh, we just want to talk, Eli. Late yesterday, as I'm sure you've heard, former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores uh, filed a federal lawsuit uh, alleging racial discrimination against the NFL and your former team. Uh, Flores saying the Giants had already chosen their new coach when they interviewed him for the job. Giants saying, quote, Flores was in conversation being our head coach until the 11th hour. Pointing out, And he points out there's only one black head coach in the league now so so what do you think the nfl needs to do to address this 
Well, I think they're doing uh, a lot of good things, and you know, every team is looking at the best possible candidates, um, you know, minority candidates, and to you know, get, make sure they're in those head positions uh, as the head coach and coordinators, GMs, and so I think the NFL, um, you know, will continue to strive to make sure that. Uh, everybody gets a fair chance, gets a fair look to get some of those head positions. But do you think they need to do more? They may maybe double those efforts. I think so. I think uh, you know. I, I think obviously, um, you know, when you only see right now, you know, uh, one minority head coach. I know there's. Let's bring on a white quarterback to talk to Al Roker of color. To then talk about the problems going on in the NFL. Now, how about, let's go again, statement to today's show. Whoopi Goldberg, suspended from The View. Let's hear it. With some controversy swirling around Whoopi Goldberg. In the wake of her controversial comments about the Holocaust and several apologies, The View co-host is now being suspended. ABC saying it stands in solidarity with the Jewish community and telling Goldberg to take a step back. This morning, more fallout for Whoopi Goldberg. ABC News suspending Goldberg from The View for two weeks after she made controversial comments about Jewish people and the Holocaust on Monday's episode. The Holocaust isn't about race. ABC releasing a statement acknowledging that Whoopi has apologized, but asking her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments. Goldberg apologizing live on the program Tuesday. Yesterday uh, on our show, I misspoke. I regret my comments, as I said, and I stand corrected. The segment also included an interview with Anti-Defamation League CEO Jonathan Greenblatt, who later commented on Goldberg's suspension. We shouldn't cancel Whoopi because she made a mistake. I heard Whoopi say that she's committed to doing better. I accept that apology. If you it comes following a swift backlash after Goldberg made the comments Monday during a debate over a Tennessee school district's recent decision to ban Mouse, a graphic novel on the horrors of the Holocaust. It's not about race. It's not about race it about? because you, it's about man's inhumanity. No, it's to man. not. But it's about white supremacy. You're a but vicious anti-Semite, Whoopi. Goldberg later posting an apology <laughs> on social media. Idiot. And speaking with Stephen Colbert. Well, when that's... you talk about uh, being a racist, you are. I was saying you can't call this racism yep. before apologizing again on Tuesday. Huh. This morning, Goldberg's reflection and remorse now facing the consequences of sharing her views. Ugly. We should mention NBC News reached out to Goldberg, but has yep. not heard back. Folks, the ugly face of anti-Semitism. And as a member on the board for the Rhode Island Coalition for Israel, I am mortified that I, I can't believe she's still employed. She is an ugly, vicious anti-Semite. And when I say ugly, I mean the ugly face of anti-Semitism. Disguised in trying, oh no, it wasn't about, no, it absolutely, see that is, basically, she is a Holocaust denier. And I don't say that lightly, and I, obviously, I'm not the first one to say it. But anyone, that, that that is absolutely not what happened. And to try to deny the, the horrors of the Holocaust, Nazi Germany, how Hitler tried to eradicate the Jewish people, 
trying to eradicate them as a lesser race than the Germans and that her, no, no, it, was, it wasn't about race. It absolutely was about race. But what is is frightening, see, this is also, this is part of the problem with when you have, um, when you have people on that, meaning like on television, and they're not fully, um, like, you know, she's in, in her crowd, she's just like the smart one and can talk whatever she wants. There's no one to then correct her. She ventured out of her lane. I don't think, you know, but you also go back to who selected that as the segment that they should be talking about. When it, it when it when these shows started, right, like Regis and Kathy Lee, it was more just headlines and I'm I'm in no way defending Whoopi Goldberg, but when they get into this type of talk, what it really exposed is her lack of knowledge on the topic. That's what it really exposed. Now I want to hear this. This is Alex Guerrero. Uh, TB12, Brady's partner and trainer on the retirement. I haven't heard about this. Michael Strahan interviewed him. He's one of the closest people on the planet to him. So can you tell us why he finally decided to hang it up? (laughs) Well, you know, he's he's had an amazing 22-year career, right? He's done so many, um, you know, as everybody has, you know, talked about for you know the past few days how amazing his career has been um and i think he's gotten to the point to where he you know realized that he just wanted to spend some time with his family and and give back and when you take the time with him and you see how committed he is to the things that he loves doing which for 20 years was football and um for the season he was so dedicated to his team and wanted to be the best for his teammates and you know, now, just like Tom said it, he goes, he wanted to take some time to reflect and uh, find a direction for his path moving forward. But what, do you, what was his thought process leading up to this decision? And did he ask you for your input? <laughs> um, you know, really, during the course of the season, we were so focused, right? It really was about the team. It really was about being the best um, for his teammates. You know, Tom um, always exemplifies great leadership. I think his work ethic, right, his determination to win. Um, you know, he always comes with a winning Why mindset. Didn't thank that was really fans. what we focused on, you know, up until really Why last week. Thank Patriots. And uh, next season, we'll be here before we know it. Do you think he might regret retiring just a little bit? You know, I, that's a, it, you know, Michael, you've been there, right? Like, I've, I've been fortunate enough to work with a lot of, of high-end athletes and, and have taken several into retirement. And, you know, some are really prepared for it and, and uh, um, you know, and others aren't. Like, you obviously prepared for it. And we've talked about you and just admire what you have been able to do, um, you know, post-football. And, you know, Tom, I've actually talked about, you know, Michael and what Michael's done and how amazing he's done it. And so, you know, I think he's excited about post-football career you know he's got amazing businesses that he's involved in certainly you know he has a passion for health and wellness and and sharing you know the tb12 method and what we've been able to to start there and share that with the masses like he wants people to know how to be able to do what they love doing for longer and how to be able to do it regardless of age and and i think it's amazing his 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 career is a testament to all of those things his commitment to being the best and um definitely i need to get on that tb12 program falling apart and and here we but in his statement, 
He made a reference to you, which I thought was, was such so great. He said, I could never have made every Sunday without you. It's wow. that simple. So what did you do to help Brady become the special Whoa. player he was? There we go. What do you think was the key to his longevity? Mm. Um, yeah, I think the key to his longevity, obviously, is his work ethic, um, you know, healthy habits, uh, and his winning mindset. And I think those are all things that we talk about, you know, at TV12 and, th and through our TV12 methods. It's, just all, it's all part of it, right? We're working on, you know, being, you know, working on the physical body, the, the emotional body, the, the mental body. And so, you know, I think through... Our, our work together through his training, through our, you know, manual therapy, all the, the, the body work that we've done to really prepare his body for, to be able to sustain the impact, um, you know, that the sport put on him over the course of, you know, these, all these 16 years together. Um, you know, I think that really, you know, goes towards talking about his longevity and why he was able to do it for as long as he was able to do it for. And I think, you know, people in the future are now going to be able to hear more from him and, and, and see more about, you know, how he did it and why he did it and, and, and the results of doing it. 22 years. We both know how long and how tough it is for anybody. To All right, that's very interesting to me that they put, and again, folks, good afternoon. That's 131. That's Alex Guerrero. Um, just want to remind people that, you know, Belichick would not let him on the sidelines. And Bel Coach Belichick would not let him. Brady, if you saw time versus time, Tom Brady had to get his rubdowns in a luxury his luxury box suite at Gillette Belichick did not let this guy on the plane he wasn't allowed on the sideline I'm not going to go into the whole thing about it but I think that's very interesting they sent him out the next day because obviously who do you think that Michael Strahan wanted to interview of course he wanted to interview Tom Brady and the fact that they they didn't but they sent out Alex Guerrero instead um I think that's I think that's pretty interesting. I also notice that I don't think Good Morning America. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, they did do a thing on Whoopi Goldberg. Um, and, and, and it's about time. As I was saying earlier, she has this false idea that because she's a woman of color, she can say whatever she wants about uh, anti-Semitic comments, anything. And, and she can do it without anyone challenging her because because she's a woman of color and the anti-defamation league called her out and others did and finally abc did so but this is the um story about whoopi goldberg from abc response to her inaccurate claims that the holocaust was not related to race ABC News President Kim Godwin saying, effective immediately, I'm suspending Whoopi Goldberg for two weeks for her wrong and hurtful comments. While Whoopi has apologized, I've asked her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments. The entire ABC News organization stands in solidarity with our Jewish colleagues, friends, family, and communities. Goldberg made the inflammatory remarks Monday on The View while discussing a Tennessee school board's decision to ban the book Mouse, a graphic novel about the Holocaust. If you're going to do this, then let's be truthful about it because the Holocaust isn't about race. Oh. No. No. It's well, not, not race. race. But it's it's not about race. It's not about race. Because you it's about man's inhumanity to man. Tuesday, she apologized. Wow. I said that the Holocaust huh. wasn't about race. 
And it was instead about man's inhumanity to man. But it is indeed about race. Because Hitler and the Nazis considered Jews to be an inferior race. Exactly. The words matter, and mine are no exception. I regret my comments, as I said, and I stand corrected. I also stand with the Jewish people, as they know, and y'all know, because I've always done that. Uh, no, they don't know that. And that's certainly not what she said on Stephen Colbert. That was completely different than what she had said on the Stephen Colbert program. So... You know, the, the night, which she, she probably should have canceled. <laughs> she is supposedly now livid and threatening to quit over her suspension. Go ahead. Now who's going to hire her? Now, you know, and this whole, so let me go to Morning Joe's. Like, oh, this cancel culture thing is out of control. I, I don't know about that. Mika, oh, this poor whoopee. Oh, this is unfair to Whoopi. How about Morning Joe? They're going to give them a a, a, um, a fourth hour. They're going to have the the nine to ten, as a matter of fact, and they're trying to work on that. So, so one thing I will will say about Morning Joe is the fact that CNN is imploding. Um, Morning Joe on MSNBC is is obviously not a strong program, but right now it's it's the program. Uh, Whoopi got a two-week suspension for Holocaust comments. Gina Carano was fired. Very good point. She was. And then President Trump is slamming, slamming uh, Jeff Zucker. So, but I want to, um, the fact that Mika, oh, this cancel culture. This is something that is just going to, like, start getting ridiculous. I mean, if Whoopi Goldberg is canceled, that would be, that would be the, I mean, that would be the end of Why is that the end? This cancel culture is getting so out of hand. You know, they're in favor of everybody being silenced unless it's someone on their side. Unless it's someone on their side. Now, Brian Flores, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is 1.36 on this Wednesday, and Brian Flores, who was with the Patriots, who got fired with the Dolphins, who has brought the lawsuit against the NFL, he was on CBS um, morning show, revealed a lot. Um, I want to play some of it, only because some of... um, the things he he I I think he is a problem for. I think this is a big problem for the NFL. I want to hear this is the CBS piece this morning with a former head coach who has filed it. His name is Brian Flores. He was fired last month after three years coaching the Miami Dolphins. His lawsuit claims the NFL has failed to create a fairer hiring process. Quote: Nothing has changed. In fact, the racial discrimination has only been made worse by the NFL's disingenuous commitment to social equity. As of today, there are three head coaches of color, including one black man out of 32 in the league. That's down from eight in 2018. About 70% of the players are black. The NFL says in a statement, diversity is core to everything we do, and there are a few issues on which our clubs and our internal leadership team spend more time. We will defend against these claims which are without merit. Brian Flores is here with us right now with his attorneys, Doug Woodor and John Aleftarakis. Make sure I got that right. For an interview, you'll see first 
on CBS Mornings. Good morning. Um, we appreciate you guys joining us. We know that you guys did reach out to us last week, but I'm glad you guys are sitting down with us now. Brian, I'll start with you. Last week, you interviewed for the head coaching job for the New York Giants. What happened leading up to that interview? Uh, before we get into that, I just want to say thank you to, uh, you know, I've received a lot of uh, calls, emails, text messages uh, in support of what's going on. It's been a tough uh, 24 hours, I would say. Um, so to everyone who's uh, reached out, um, obviously family, and uh, I just want to say thank you. Of course. Uh, I, I just want to say thank you. So last week, um, I interviewed for the Giants position. Um, I was set to interview on Thursday, the, the Monday prior. Uh, before before I interviewed, I received a text message uh, from Bill Belichick saying congratulations on the Giants. Basically, essentially, congratulations on the Giants job. Um, uh, there was a little bit of back and forth. Um, we have the text messages here on the screen. Yeah, there was some back and forth and some confusion uh, because yeah. you haven't sat down with the Giants yet. I have not sat down with the Giants. There was some back and forth and I just uh, I asked him, Is this, are you talking to the right Brian? Mm. Um, and uh, as you've seen them through the text messages, he was actually... Uh, uh, but he was texting Brian Dable. Oh, who they yeah. ended up hiring. Yes, sir. So at that point, how did that make you feel knowing that you were walking into an interview? What a nightmare for Belichick. Where a decision might have already been made. Uh, it was a range of emotions. Uh, humiliation. Uh, uh, disbelief. Um, uh, anger. Um, and I've worked so hard to get to, to, um, to where I am from a, uh, in football to become a head coach. Um, for 18 years in, in this league, and it was uh, uh, to, to, to go on at what was going to be a, what, what felt like, or what was a sham interview, I was uh, I was hurt. And, but you uh, went knowing that you probably weren't going to get it. Why did. why did you continue to go? Uh, I think uh, hope. I, I, there's still hope. Maybe just call it, call it the audacity of hope. Um, and uh, I, I was, you know, I have a belief that, you know, there's good in people. I, I just do. Um, we knew he wasn't getting that job. On the day before that, that Giants interview, we, we reached out to you, CBS, to, to, both, to all of you, to, yeah. to start talking about doing about this, this interview today because we knew he wasn't wow, getting the job. So we knew was, it was a setup. We knew they were just trying up. to comply with the Rooney rule. Wow. We started drafting the complaint, and, uh, and here we are. The Giants say they are pleased and confident in the hiring process. Uh, I get the sense from the lawsuit and from you right now that you had a feeling like, here we go again. This wasn't the first time you felt discriminated against in the league. Is that yeah, true? yeah, I mean, I've... I mean, the ruling, the ruling rules in, intended to, uh, you know, give minorities an opportunity to sit down in front of uh, ownership. But I think what it's turned into is um, an instance where guys are just checking the box. Um, and that's been the case. I've been on some interviews in the past that, um, where that's, that I've had that feeling. There's you know, always no way to, to, to know for sure. But, um, uh. But you know, and I know, I know, I know, I'm not alone you have there. Have to have the Rooney Rule. I think, I think, that, even yeah. that, even isn't that a problem? What are we going to say? It's, it's, it's absolutely, I'm sorry, it's absolutely a problem. And one of the things that we're doing to help effectuate this change is, you know, the Rooney Rule is tied to the assumption that president's owners are going to do the right thing, hire the best, most qualified candidate. Yeah. What we want to do is tie, you know, certain things. What a mess for Belichick! It is. Um, again, folks, good afternoon at 141. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, depetro.com. Hey, I want to remind you, check out the website, depetro.com. 
And uh, our website is is uh, brought to you and sponsored by Soul Source Restoration. Remember, they clean and disinfect residential commercial properties. Team of experts are there to help call. And you can, if you go to the petro.com, there's a link to Soul Source Restoration. You can request a quote, 401 712 2700 Soul Source Restoration. The um, the Whoopi Goldberg news is um, it, it's big because you watch how it's it's going to change. Um, as I just said, apparently she's now even threatening to quit the View, and I wouldn't be surprised if that you know she she got in trouble because of her comments about race. But watch, watch how this is going to be turned around into that she's going to claim the reason she was suspended was because of race. Um, I, that, that's what I think is going to happen here. So now, folks, close to home at 143, um, th- th- this situation with Governor McKee and the mass in school and how he still wants to use this emergency power. I, I, I again want to just encourage people that this is something that has to be done at the ballot box. Because right now, it's not your imagination. We, we don't have represent, representative government in, in Rhode Island. Governor McKee is taking advantage of all this money that he suddenly flush with cash, and he, I, I think he's taking advantage of the situation. Um, now I also want to um, just I'm seeing some early variety of weather concerns Thursday into Friday. Slow moving will slide across New England. Several hours of rain, um, mid mild temperatures Thursday into Friday, and then late Friday morning into the afternoon, colder is coming in. So that could certainly be a little tricky of the rain turning into snow late Friday um, into Friday night. So that's something to watch. It could be sleet and so forth into Thursday into Friday. So that's definitely something to watch as I'm um, watching that. Now, but um, I, I want to get back to, you know, the fact that, you know, I don't like the sound of this at all, that President Biden is sending these troops overseas Nothing seemingly good about this. <clears throat> but this Whoopi Goldberg thing, between that and also now, Jeff Zucker has resigned and is out at CNN. I mean, they are, that is a complete collapse of CNN. I mean, it's just an absolute complete collapse of CNN. But this, this Whoopi Goldberg, you, you watch how this is going to, I think, you watch how this is going to flip. Watch how she initially agreed to the um, to the suspension of two weeks, but now she's saying that she doesn't like that she's being suspended. All right, let's also go to more sound. The White House, Jen Psaki, says it's up to school districts if they want to mandate the vaccine for all students. Here's what it sounds like. In the first major district in the country to have 
a vaccine mandate for all students going to effect yesterday. We know how you guys feel about uh, the need to get vaccinated, but will the White House press other districts to follow in New Orleans steps? We will always, uh, we believe that it's up to school districts to make decisions about uh, what uh, steps they put in place. Uh, and we would certainly advise all of them to follow cities. You know, there's a good piece, folks. And again, good afternoon. Right now, it's 146. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. So why is the rollout for, why are we still in this situation right now regarding COVID and the variant? And it, it, it really comes down to there's a good piece in the Wall Street Journal editorial why Xavier Barra can't be fired. Now, if you go back to the fall, winter, early winter of 2020, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo wanted to be named HHS Secretary, Health Human Service Secretary for the Biden administration. Okay, so instead, she didn't get that. Instead, she got commerce. Who did the White House choose? Xavier Becerra run Health Human Service Department. As the Wall Street Journal writes, apparently the White House is experiencing buyer's remorse over the appointment. This is the cost of indulging identity politics in a pandemic. See, the Democrat Party, it's all about identity politics. That's all they care about right now. What are many Democrats regarding the CD2 race that is Jim Langevin's seat up? Got to put a woman in there. Time for a woman in there. Doesn't matter if they're qualified, competent, who the voters want. Nope. Got to put a woman in there. Wall Street Journal, this is the cost of indulging identity politics and pandemic. Biden, I'm going to choose a female vice president. Then I'm going to choose a woman of color vice president. I'm going to choose a woman of color for the Supreme Court. According to a cast of anonymous dozens in a Washington Post story, the Biden administration is, quote, frustrated with the HHS Health and Human Services Secretary failure to coordinate the nation's vast health bureaucracy to handle the virus, allowing, quote, confusing, sometimes conflicting messages. The secretary is accused of being in over his head, according to one unnamed senior administration official, taking too passive a role in virus management. As the Wall Street Journal writes, this comes as to no surprise to anyone that observed him over the years. We wonder what the White House expected in naming a progressive lawyer with no health care experience to run a sprawling. Are you ready for this? One point five trillion agency charged with overseeing Biden's campaign promise to, quote, shut down the virus. Basir was a California congressman for 24 years until then Governor Jerry Brown tapped him 2016 to replace Kamala Harris as California's attorney general. Basir's tenure was notable mainly for filing 100 lawsuits against the Trump administration and endorsing Medicare for all. President Biden had many more capable candidates for health and human services, but he caved to woke pressure to appoint a progressive Hispanic. The journal goes on to write, the damage has been real, goes far beyond the White House gripe about, quote, messaging. The administration is rightly under fire for being unprepared for the surge. And Becerra's agency is at the center of a testing treatment shortage. 
has resulted in preventable deaths. One upside of this fumbling is HHS hasn't roiled health insurance and drug markets with regulatory onslaught, but no doubt that will change. Even as administration leakers trash him, there's no sign Biden plans to sack him. Why not? Because it would draw the ire of Congressional Hispanic Caucus and other grassroots groups that pressed Biden to appoint more Latinos to his cabinet. The problem with putting identity above qualifications is you can't get rid of the appointee even if he proves to be incompetent. Folks, this is the Democrat Party. Boston Globe, all these women, uh, women's groups, I should say. It's time for it's time. It's time. It's time. There should be no debate. There should be no election. A woman should replace and get that Langevin seat. No, no more. No further discussion. It's time. But based on what? Don't the voters get a say? Now, what's also disingenuous is they're not really saying a woman should get the Langevin seat. What they're really saying is a progressive Democrat woman. I thought Professor Myers from Providence College was interesting last hour saying that in Democrat primaries, there's certainly a trend that if it's male, female, a lot of times lately, it's the female that's winning. So there is something to the women voting for women. But this story, advocates say it's time for Rhode Island to send another woman to Congress. I think what that would upset them is the fact that there has been a woman that went to Congress from Rhode Island. It was a, it was a Republican, Claudine Schneider, CD2, not CD1, not Congressional District 1. Who were the representatives for Congressional District 1? Ron, um, Ferdinand St. Germain, Ron Makeley, Patrick Kennedy, to David Cicilline in modern times or as of late. So they haven't had anyone. So that's really what what they should really be doing is having a woman run against Cicilline. But they won't do that. But the advocates say it's time for Rhode Island to send another woman. What they really mean is they want a Democrat woman. Because I don't believe that they would support State Senator Jessica De La Cruz. Why? Because she's a Republican. So... I think it's disingenuous to say, oh, you know, like this Liz Gledhill, former chair of the Rhode Island Democrat Woman Caucus. I think it's just time for a woman. It's been too long, way too long. There shouldn't even be a debate. There really shouldn't even be an election. They should just appoint a woman to the seat. Why? Because it's just time. (laughs) Well, you know, unfortunately for them, we have elections. I mean, fortunately for the voters, there's still elections. If there was ever a time, it's now. The momentum infrastructure already there. We need to capitalize on it. So it's not fair, blah, blah, blah. Um, there is no evidence. Now, would they support? Okay. How about Representative Patricia Morgan? She may jump into the race. Oh, no, not her. Oh, okay. How about... Senator Jessica De La Cruz. Oh, no, 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 not her. No, it has to be a woman. So, you know, it just keeps getting narrower and narrower. There is someone who's an expert on this, Jennifer Lawless. She ran against Landvin in 2006. She was a Brown University professor. 
She said that when women run for office, they're just as likely to win as men. And in recent campaign cycles, there's no evidence that women face bias from voters or the media on the campaign trail. Now, you go back to this woman with the caucus. You know, a woman can't be impulsive. It's not fair. It's not an even slate. Be, women have, you know, COVID was worse for women. She sounds like a Ramundo. Women face vitriol for daring to step into spaces dominated by men. Men are expected to run. There's no evidence of that in any way. But, of course, why, why would they let the truth stand in the way? And if that's the case, then run a woman against David Cicilline, Congressman Cicilline. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show at 154 is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. What are you doing right now? You're on the road. You're hungry. I have good news. Pop into the lodge, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. So, folks, again, I want to recap. Um, I, I believe the story of the day, I believe the story of the day is the fact that the Biden administration are now going to be activating more troops with the, situ- the developing situation with Russia and Ukraine. So I... Um, I think that is uh, is certainly a problem. But and another big story is CNN is just completely decimated today. Today is almost like the death of CNN. Not only is Jeff Zicker out, he uh, he had an undercover romance with one of his colleagues, failed to disclose it. Apparently, it's been going on for twenty years. Uh, Katie Kirk biography blew lid off it. Network is rocked. Just as cable news ratings plunge for the year, viewer burnout. So Jeff Zucker, who was the guy at CNN, he used to be at the Today Show at NBC, is just, it is, the the network is is roiling right now. But I'm also seeing co-hosts are furious at ABC for the suspension. Whoopi hidden from view. Michael Jackson musical kicks out reporter for asking about sex abuse allegations. So there's going to be a musical in Michael Jackson music. How, how do you not then deal with that? I'm sure these people that, oh, well, we'll just go ahead. and we'll, So you get a reporter in there that wants to ask questions about it. And then the reporter is kicked out. <laughs> what do you think that people aren't going to ask about that? Well, let's just remember... You know, I, I worked with someone that said, oh, you have no idea what he went through. He was abused as a child. I said, really? I haven't, I haven't seen anything like that. Oh, yeah. He was abused as a child. Where can I read that? Oh, well, you know, people have been talking about it. It was, it was verbal abuse from the father. Oh, okay. MJ Broadway Musical removes Variety Reporter asking about sex abuse allegations. Tuesday in New York City, MJ the Musical. New musical celebrating the life and work of Michael Jackson open on Broadway. So, um, ba ba ba. Uh, the show's backers were quick to shut down any mention of the scandal that still clouds the King of Pop's life and legacy at the red carpet premiere of the musical. Um, let's see, depicts the rehearsal process for Jackson's 1992 Dangerous World Tour. Sets so one year for allegations of sexual misconduct first surfaced about the artist. 
So in response to questions how the audience members should balance potential discomfort with the enjoyment of the show, cast members gave considered conscientious responses. Art, art is very complicated, blah, blah, blah. Um, maybe you have some questions. Maybe you have some resolutions. Yet after several candid conversations, representatives for the show told the reporters no longer welcome on the carpet. I've been hearing you're asking difficult questions. Not on opening night. If you'd like to ask real questions, schedule an interview with the cast. <laughs> the representative revealed the show's principal cast members weren't prepared to answer questions about controversy surrounding the late musician. But the creative team behind the show seemed to often grapple with Jackson's undeniable contributions to music, as well as multiple claims of sexual assault and abuse that nearly derailed his career. Before Variety was barred from the carpet... There have some advice to theatergoers. Bring your open eyes. Bring your humanity. Bring your awareness. Bring your pain. Bring your doubt. Bring your fears. Doesn't matter. Bring all of you to the theater. Yeah, what they're really saying is as long as you buy a ticket, you can suffer through. Listen, based on what he did, how do people still go and enjoy the music of Michael Jackson when you learn and have learned and more have learned all these, you know, surviving Netherland? He was a child predator. I, I get there, you know, there is a lot of music, and it is too bad. But for them to put this on and think no one's going to ask about it, I think is it's foolish. And Variety is not the New York Post. All right, folks, at 159, it's John DePietro. The big news, though, and it's coming up the top of the hour, and that is the increased troop presence uh, the President Biden is sending to the Ukraine region. This is not going to be settled overnight. Um, uh, this has serious tones. So you're going to hear about it coming up at 2. It's John DePietro. Listen, I want you to enjoy this Wednesday. We're back on the radio tomorrow at 11. The John Dion program is next. I will be doing Facebook Live later on. Find my Facebook page. It's John DePietro Show. Enjoy. WNRI Socket. Yeah.